0: Crosby, wrap your troubles and dreams, take four. Castles may tumble, that's fate after all. Life's really funny that way. Sang the wrong melody, we'll play it back. See what it sounds like. Hey, hey
1: cut out eight
0: bars, the dirty bastard. <laughs> I didn't know which eight bars he was gonna cut. Why don't somebody tell me these things around here? Holy Christ, I'm going
1: off my nuts. <clears throat> uh, the last bastion of freeform, WCBN FM and AVA. Sounds like a bunch of left-wing hippies to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez, that mic is on. The mic's on. Oh, my God. Turn off the microphone. What are you afraid of? Sharks. Deep water. Thunder. Candied fruit. Gravity. Midgets with candles. Commercial radio. Start to work through your fears by pledging your support to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Please call 734-763-3500 or online at wcbn.org slash donate. Operators are standing by to assist you in making the first step in coping with your fears.
0: Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwight. And tonight we're uh, down here at WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Here on behalf of Gray Matters and all the fine people that are working throughout the week during the fundraiser, we're down here ask, asking for pledges. If you appreciate this show, definitely give us a call, 763-3500. 734 Op. is the area code?
1: Yep. Operators uh, standing by, and of course, you will have the opportunity to select a lovely premium item, a t-shirt, a cap. We even have tote bags this year, and uh, oh, pint no. glasses, shot glasses, all manner of wonderful items to advertise your personal support for community radio. And a $50 pledge will even get you the big fig song. <laughs>
0: Oh there you go. <laughs> do that live in the studio. Since uh, we're doing creative uh songwriting all week, composing on the spot. I heard uh Bob do a, <laughs> a song on Saturday based on a person event and thing or something. It was uh very interesting. Just to clean up a little bit of housekeeping from last week. Uh Tex uh, Mannheim was uh unbeknownst to us, sitting in uh, on behalf of Jerry Mack, the show that follows us, and he pointed out that the New York Review of Books had written a correction regarding the uh, Edward J. Epstein book or article that appeared in the uh, New York Review of Books regarding the um, uh, Strauss-Kahn case, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, the uh, former director of the IMF, leading candidate to be socialist, uh, candidate for this year's French election, which is coming up. We can talk more about that in the future. But anyway, the correction that was relevant, and this was just a coincidence because I happened to read specifically about the uh, celebration. Um, The editors uh, wrote a correction in their very next edition, noting that uh, uh, the dance of celebration, which looked like a celebration of two employees of the Hotel Sofitel uh, in New York city at approximately 1.35 p.m. on that day, uh, was uh, approximately 13 seconds, not three minutes, as mentioned in the article. Edward J. Epstein, uh, who responded himself to this uh, minor discrepancy, pointed out that the dance did take place, but uh, that, as he put it, uh, the uh, dance celebration occurred approximately three minutes after a 9-11-11 call was made by the employees
1: so that's where the three minute figure came from that's perhaps. where the
0: three minute figure came in and the uh celebration lasted 13 seconds not three minutes but
1: well still you know uh, look at a clock and give yourself a 13 second uh celebration yeah. and it's noteworthy it's significant it's noticeable
0: longer than some uh indeed. end zone celebrations as they say <laughs> indeed so we'll talk more about this uh dominic uh, strauss khan article in the future just a note about edward j epstein uh, i was actually rechecking some aspects of his uh, an, uh, initial book inquest which uh, was published in 1966 originally as a master's thesis when he was attending cornell university very interesting because this is one of the first scholarly critiques of the warren commission and he essentially uh, critiqued the uh, uh, autopsy, uh, basically some of the factual information revealed by the Warren Commission, as well as the process, the bureaucracy of such an investigation, how government is hampered by investigating itself, how J. Edgar Hoover, uh, head of the FBI, basically uh, misled the Warren Commission on key information on how the uh, process was shut down. But one of the, his original very important observations uh, was the discrepancy in the neck wound uh, regarding uh, the assassination of John F. Kennedy, which of course occurred on the twenty second of November nineteen sixty three Next year, of course, will be the fiftieth anniversary of that uh, horrible event, and we will um, either uh, we'll, we'll do some special shows next year on that uh, anniversary, but just to quote two brief uh, paragraphs couple of sentences about the fundamentals of the, uh, the problems with the Warren Commission investigation. Uh, and this is basically a chapter entitled The Vulnerability of Facts. He points out that thus, according to established facts, it was pis- uh, physically impossible for the assassination rifle to have been fired twice during the time period when uh, the president and Governor Connolly were first wounded. Either both men were hit by the same bullet or there were two assassins. This, of course, is the single bullet theory that was developed by Arlen Specter, mm-hmm. later senator from uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, and I mentioned Specter specifically because of the controversies that we've seen over the last week about contraception. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> so uh, this was one of the relevant conclusions that he came with, uh, came up with, and he pointed out that the uh, FBI report that was submitted uh, in early. December, and another one, a supplemental uh, report in early January, became the factual working model that the Warren Commission used uh, to develop uh, the uh, theory that Oswald acted alone and was the sole nut. He has problems with that. And as he puts it, uh, talking about these uh, summary and supplemental reports uh, that were d- dated very early before the Warren Commission actually began even meeting, really, says on the one hand if FBI uh, reports distorted such a basic fact of the assassination doubt is cast on the accuracy of the entire FBI investigation including the Warren Commission's uh, conclusions in the final analysis were predicated upon the accuracy of FBI reports the second horn of the dilemma is even more painful quoting from uh, Edward J Epstein here for if the FBI statements on the autopsy are accurate then the autopsy findings must have been changed after January 13, 1964. This would mean that the document in the Warren report, which rep- purports to be the original autopsy, is not. And this is uh, w- this is one of the fundamental um, problems with the Warren Commission report: the autopsy that was accepted into evidence was undated, and the original FBI uh, report uh, concluded uh, that the uh, back wound. That's obviously did occur, because uh, Kennedy has a hole in his uh, back. Uh, Arlen Specter later tried to, and Gerald Ford, for that matter, mm-hmm. who was on the Warren Commission, tried to call this a neck wound. So as I jokingly have said over the years, John F. Kennedy was the first human being in the history of human civilization to have a neck that went below his shoulders. <laughs> uh, this, of course, did not happen. But the single-bullet theory, of course, came into uh, fruition because the of the timing problem that Epstein goes into in this uh, interesting initial critique of the Warren Commission, published in 1966. So we'll talk more about this in upcoming Gray Matter shows. Too complicated, not enough time to go into yeah. it tonight.
1: Well, you could also just quickly say today, I, which I will here as it segues into a little item I've got here, uh, that uh, like so much of the FBI's work under the tenure of J. Edgar Hoover, suspect, yeah. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, falsified documents, uh, manufactured jobs. evidence, mm-hmm. frame jobs. Ethel Rosenberg, for example, it never had anything to do with espionage. Uh, Julius Rosenberg had minor, you know, fringe activity in Communist Party activities. Uh, certainly uh, to f- execute both was uh, the show trial of the century uh, that... Uh, sort of uh, augmented the uh, U.S.'s role in the Korean War. Our boys are in peril, and these traitors from inside, Jews no less, mm-hmm. uh, must be executed. Um, uh, certainly uh, a lot of a frame job uh, to that. Yeah, falsification
0: of evidence, and of course this problem of falsifying information uh, for political purposes has uh, happened all too frequently Uh, It's interesting to note that after the Warren Commission was uh, actually published, the Warren Commission report in September of 64, the Gulf of Tonkin incident had already happened. This became the false pretense for which America got involved in Vietnam. We are well acquainted now with the falsification of the weapons of mass destruction debate that led up to the Iraq war. These are two of the most uh, uh, debilitating financial and human backles and, and colossal mistakes in American foreign policy history. And uh, forgery and framing things is uh, is, is uh, part of this assorted history. And we down here on Gray Matters try and uh, correct the record
1: whenever possible. And 763-3500 is the number to call. And, of course, remember, too, that WCBN also brings you free speech radio news after Pacifica sort of slipped through the cracks. Free Speech Radio News has kept an independent, non-mainstream alternative news source available, and WCBN makes that available to you five days a week. Uh, Go ahead and feel free to uh, pledge your support for that as well. Well, fundraiser time uh, always leads me to this particular book uh, edited by Bruce Ouds. It's called From the President, Richard Nixon's Secret Files, and these are actually memos that uh, passed back and forth from the president to the president from... Uh, his staff mer- staffers, uh, and this covers, uh, these are the highlights, of course. Uh, this covers everything uh, through the one-and-a-half administrations, I guess we could call it, that uh, Richard Nixon has, and as uh, Dick's pointed out, Watergate is 40 years ago, WCBN has been around for 40 years. We've been keeping an eye on Nixon the whole time. And parenthetically, Richard Nixon was in Dallas
0: on the 22nd of <sighs> November. That's the- right conveniently left at ten thirty in the morning
1: representing pepsi i believe as a lawyer at that time Yeah, i was given some sort of
0: lobbying speech this was yeah. back when nixon was trying to mend fences within the republican party uh, yes something that uh, met romney uh, ironically has been doing the last four or five years uh, and right. richard nixon probably had a little more success than mr mittens who's uh Well, I I don't put too much. I'll just briefly comment on the the results from last week. Remember that Santorum benefits when the turnout is really low. And Mm. these uh, results in uh, Minnesota, Colorado, and Missouri, which was just sort of a straw poll, so we won't even talk about that. But Colorado and Minnesota, ironically, were both affected by bad weather. Right. And this caucus procedure, which is very interesting in and of itself, because when we vote in the United States of America, we go behind a curtain, so to speak, We vote privately, and caucuses are public events. Your neighbors know where you stand on uh, particular uh, candidates, and that may be problematic, but it's interesting that um, uh, Rick Santorum has done better in these very, very low turnout caucus situations and very, very poorly in actual primaries. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in upcoming uh, races, including Super Tuesday. But it is interesting to note, uh, because there is some dispute about who won the main caucuses. They have town meeting-style caucuses that last a week. Uh, Ron Paul is claiming mischief there. Uh, It's interesting because the Republican Party has been engaged in voter suppression in 38 states. Uh, (laughs) But it's interesting that in 2008, and I'll just skip, uh, they don't have Missouri here, but in Colorado, Romney got 60% of the vote. In Minnesota he got 41 percent of the vote so he did considerably poorer in these two states this time around his opponents in the 2008 uh, primaries caucuses whatever they were at that time were McCain and Ron Paul so it's interesting that he uh, seems to be stubbing his toe quite a bit since accepting the endorsement of the Donald
1: yes the flapping hair the bug eyes And uh, I suspect that uh, Santorum will probably be blown out of the water on Super Tuesday. uh. It'll be interesting to see what happens
0: in Michigan, because I was surprised to discover that Romney only got uh, 38.9% of the vote in Michigan Mm. last time around, with 29.7% going to McCain. And, of course, there's a very, very strong abortion uh, contraception movement here in Michigan particularly on the west side of the state. So uh, the right to life is very active within the activists of the Republican Party. So it would be very interesting to see what happens in the Michigan
1: primary uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah, Michigan has a strange track record uh, with regard to primaries. Uh, I remember the year, uh, was it 88, that uh, Pat Robertson won the Republican primary in Michigan and Jesse Jackson the Democratic. Those are... Kind of extreme ends of both parties, mainstream mm-hmm. parties. But to go back to my little uh, memo from the president here, uh, this date dated April 22nd, 1970, and you get a real flavor for the personality of Richard Nixon here. And uh, so this is April 22nd, 1972, Bob Haldeman from the president. In talking to J. Edgar Hoover, I found that he was enthusiastic about the Vietnam speech, but he said that the picture did not come out as well as it should have. He's talking about the uh, appearance of uh, Richard Nixon on television, which, of course, legendarily probably cost him the debate Mm -hmm. uh, with Kennedy at that dreadful 5 o'clock shadow and the poor makeup. So Nixon's very concerned with image here, and uh, according to J. Edgar Hoover, the picture did not come out well. Quote, he said it had a yellowish, rather washed-out look rather than the healthy appearance that he thought I projected in person last night. It is possible that we are not looking at these objectively enough. Check a few other places, and if you reach the same conclusion, maybe we should do something about lighting or makeup or both before the next television appearance. Hoover, incidentally, said that Clyde Tolson, who was at a different television set, had exactly the same impression. <laughs> I have not heard this from others, but it may be that they are too polite or unobjective to say so. Well, you can't beat a lighting tip from Clyde Tolson and J. Edgar, but uh, who, of course, was obsessed with his, his own face and, apparent,
0: and allegedly <laughs> used uh, medicated cream, oil of Olay, or some other yes. similar product on his face. Uh, there are even some speculative uh, theories that Hoover may have been poisoned with... Uh, Face cream, yeah. Face cream. Uh, yeah. One wonders exactly where E. Howard Hunt was on well, a- certainly April 30th, 1972.
1: Nixon, Nixon used Hoover to augment his own political career, but hated and despised and feared the man. Yeah. Hoover had a file on everybody. Including people on the Warren Commission. Exactly. So uh, Hoover was a dangerous, dangerous man. And uh, <laughs> I like this memo, too, uh, from Rosemary Woods. Nixon's secretary, April 21st. She, uh, in a memo to Bob Haldeman, says, Quite a few of the attached memoranda might well be classified burn after, if not before, reading. Until we are able to stop the leaks of our confidential memoranda, seems rather dangerous to have some of these floating around. I think conversations in person or on the telephone would be safer on several of the attached. Well, as we now know, The telephone conversations, the personal conversations were all being taped. And, of course, Rosemary Woods is uh, linked uh, forever to the famous uh, 18-minute gap. And, of course, the phones were being tapped uh, by
0: uh, Nixon and Kissinger. Right. They were concerned about Pentagon papers leaks. Uh, There were a number of staffers in the NSC that were... uh, Taped or tapped, I should say, probably tapped and taped and bound and
1: gagged and God knows what else. All sorts of stuff. But Nixon was so paranoid that not only was he concerned about leaks, which is a legitimate concern for any administration, I suppose. uh, But he was also concerned about what people were saying on television, not just uh, commentators, but actual entertainers. Mm -hmm. Of course, he had the famous uh, dirty... Uh, Enemies list. Enemies list, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Dirty Dricks is another bag.
0: That included notable uh, celebrities like Joe Namath, uh, Paul Paul Newman, Newman, uh, Cher, I think. Yeah. Sonny and Cher.
1: Right. Uh, The Smothers Brothers (laughs) uh, come up here as uh, dangerous types. Uh, Here's a memo from uh, Alexander P. Butterfield to the president with a listing of who has been assigned to monitor uh, various media. And so, for example, uh, James Hoag of the RNC is scheduled to monitor The Tonight Show, but only when political figures are scheduled to appear. As they did, apparently, on... uh, Here's a, a daily news plan critique and media monitoring report for October 17th, 1969, when apparently The Tonight Show crossed the line. Last night... Uh, Well, the Tonight Show makes the list for continually allowing, in fact, encouraging long interviews of persons professing strong anti-administration views to the near exclusion of those who are behind the administration. Last night, George McGovern and Robert Ryan were teamed up against us for nearly 20 minutes. They spoke uh, out for immediate and unconditional withdrawal of U.S. forces and for public demonstrations against administration policies. We'll have to start another letter-writing campaign. So a lot of these letter writing campaigns that go to broadcasters uh are not necessarily from concerned citizens but are in fact systematic programs installed sure. by ideologues who can throw the weight of their you know uh organization behind it and lo and behold suddenly there's 250 letters piled up on some programmer's desk um And indeed, there's some evidence,
0: ironically, in an up-to-dated version of that sort of orchestration of public opinion. Sarah Palin has been engaged in some mischief regarding uh, Google and Twitter, you know, coming up with those hits from uh, artificial sources, so to speak, to make it look like she's more influential than she really is. But uh, that's a very classic Richard Nixon technique. Well, Techniques, we want you to dial the phone, punch in those buttons, 734-763-3500. Put your support to WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor, and we certainly would appreciate tangible votes of support for Gray Matters.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty long-running program. Uh, I still consider myself the junior member of the team. Uh, You've been doing this for considerably longer than I have, but uh, I got involved with the program when the uh, Oklahoma City bombing happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, since then, I've been bringing my clippings down, and we like to expose uh, hidden stories, talk about things behind the mainstream media's uh, focus on uh, the peripheral And uh, also try to do it with a humorous light. Uh, It helps keep you sane in a sometimes otherwise pretty bleak world. Right, and bring facts.
0: I mean, it's important how uh, very important facts are just overlooked uh, repeatedly. There's a fascinating Sunday story, by the way, in the New York Times about the public's ignorance about the budget and the relationship between taxes and government benefits. Uh, We... uh, I recommend looking at that. It's very lengthy, very thorough, with lots of interesting maps about who gets benefits and uh, the disparity between taxes paid and benefits received, Mm. which is at the heart, part of the heart of the uh, budget problem, uh, structural budget problem here in America. We also bring short items like this that just factually point out what's going on in the world in reality. The last decade was the warmest on record, the World Meteorological Organization said in a report on Thursday. This dated the 26th of uh, March, 2010. The finding by the association, a United Nations uh, agency, corroborates research by NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies, which has already said that the measurements show that from the period 2000 to 2009 was the warmest since modern instrumental recording Of temperatures began in the 1850s this is at the heart of the uh, global warming climate change quote-unquote
1: hoax that I mean how can you deny facts like that yeah but people do the uh, right wing uh, will deny it up and down the block you can listen to them on a.m. radio what are they talking about? What kind of crack are they smoking? Right. And these, of course, are reputable
0: scientific organizations, uh, both a U.N. organization and NASA, which, of course, gets a budget, part of the federal budget of about $16 billion a year. Newt Gingrich wants to go to the moon. <laughs> hey, Alice. <laughs> Pow. Big figure. here. Yeah, shooting big fig into space.
1: (laughs) That would take a considerable payload. (laughs) Indeed, it might just throw Earth's (laughs) orbit out of uh, kilter as well.
0: But the lunar colony on the moon, yeah, one of Newt Gingrich's big ideas.
1: Well, we need to think big for the future, and no one's thinking bigger than the Big Fig. The Big Fig thinks big all the time. Yeah, and I don't know if any listeners have uh, who are too young to remember that advertising campaign. Uh, go online, do a Google image search for the Big Fig Newton, and you'll see what we're talking about. Yes,
0: yes. A fifty-dollar pledge will get you a singing version of the Big Fig. Pledge now: seven three four seven six three thirty five. Hundred.
1: Well, a little bit of good news, I guess. Uh, there's been a decision to move uh, some of the U.S. troops out of Okinawa. There's will still, of course, be probably as many as 10,000 base there. But uh, 75% of the U.S. military uh, that are in Japanese territory are in Okinawa. That island has essentially remained occupied since the end of the Second World mm-hmm. War. And I've always suspected that this has to do with a sort of a psychological uh, issue, (laughs) that the the war was so uh, grimly fought on that particular piece of turf that I don't think the U.S. can come to terms with letting it go. Japan has been our ally for decades now. They're an economic partner. They're uh, a political partner. Uh, There's been all sorts of uh, terrible crimes committed uh, on Okinawa, uh, rapes of uh, numbering into the hundreds Mm -hmm. over the years, probably thousands, uh, truth be told. Uh, And it's always been a sore spot in uh, Japanese-American relations. And so finally, some of those troops are being removed. We've talked for years down here that the U.S. has troops stationed all over the globe at great cost and uh, to little effect. Uh, It doesn't really make any sense to occupy Japan. They're friendlies. They're our allies. Yeah, and of course a lot of these quote-unquote
0: occupations are are, are effectively American bases that are used for the uh, ability of the American military to strike quickly. Project um, power. Project power globally. And uh, with budget cuts uh, in the pipeline and part of the... Upcoming uh, presidential debate uh, this this year, Uh, you know, Obama came out with his budget uh, proposals today. And it was interesting to note that here in Michigan, they're uh, going to be cutting back at a couple of uh, National Guard air bases. Mm. Who's denouncing the uh, budget cuts? Tim Wahlberg of uh, nearby uh, the uh, congressional district uh, just west here of Ann Arbor. Um, Dude, you're calling for budget cuts. You're screaming about it. Um,
1: Not these kind. I want budget cuts that affect people in the city of Detroit. Right.
0: That's exactly it. So we give him a brain damage award for hypocrisy because hypocrisy and double talk and double speak and propaganda and brainwashing, uh, something that Mitt Romney's dad is very acquainted with, are part of the the political problem down here. And it's, you know, very... Interesting to note over the weekend that Peggy Noonan, um, uh, regular uh, sort of lead political editorialist in the Wall Street Journal, was noting the precipitous decline in Republican primary turnout Mm -hmm. all over the map. And that uh, (laughs) this enthusiasm for the GOP is non-existent. It's down everywhere in virtually every state. um, And that this is a problem. We can talk more about her column uh, in an upcoming show, but uh, very interesting stuff. Well,
1: we And this, of course, benefited uh, uh, Rick Santorum sure. over this past week. Actually, it's been a couple of years now that we've been saying down here on Gray Matters that the Republican Party is at odds with itself. It's a fractured party. It uh, is essentially a dissolving coalition. Yeah. The uh, right wing has sort of peeled off into the Tea Party, Uh, The so-called moderate Republican of yesteryear is a virtually extinct creature. Uh, It's sort of uh, fiscal, conservative, you know, social issues, uh, kind of a Johnson approach. Um, That's gone.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, by the way, to note uh, just a couple of weeks ago on Groundhog Day, the New York Times has a very interesting pie chart of the... uh, super PACs that are involved in this year's campaign, uh, demonstrating who's making the, the, the donations. Uh, the amount of money involved, it's incredible. Mitt Romney's super PAC, by the way, has raised $30 million, and $20 million of it is just coming from 80 people. So these are the, you know, the super rich that are uh, paying for this negative advertising the negative advertising, the, the sleaze that we see in the television commercials, the inaccuracies, the outright lies, um, is part of the, uh, of the game plan. If, if you can depress turnout through um, mm-hmm. statutory uh, manipulation, as, as uh, the Nation magazine, and another uh, publication that we frequently cite down here, with ALEC, the organization known as ALEC, and super PACs that turn people off to the process— we have lots of problems with uh, how our democracy functions.
1: It's scary. Yeah, and of course, financial reform, uh, electoral reform uh, doesn't seem to be uh, <clears throat> likely at any time soon. But uh, here at WCBN, we like to talk about these things that often get lost in the infotainment shuffle of uh, mainstream media. 763-3500 is the number to call to pledge your support for Gray Matters and all the locally produced uh, current events, programs down here. Indeed, and it's interesting
0: to note, by the way, that uh, campaign finance ranks 21st out of 22 issues that the American people regard as important. Uh, I I think that's troubling, you know, given the... um,